you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Coming up on NFL Fantasy Live, the 2013 season kicked off Thursday night with the defending world champion Baltimore Ravens taking on the Denver Broncos. We've got a full fantasy recap of Peyton Manning's 47-touchdown performance coming your way. And speaking of quarterbacks, question marks around some of the position's biggest names, but fear not, our experts will tell you which QBs need to be in your lineup and which should ride the pine this weekend. And we're taking a deeper look at the schedule and have the under-the-radar spot starts that could make all the difference in your Week 1 fantasy matchups, unless you're going against Peyton Manning. NFL Fantasy Live starts right now. Hi and hello, fantasy fans. Welcome to NFL Fantasy Live. I'm Jason Smith alongside the Admiral Akbar Baja Biamila and NFL.com fantasy editor Marcus Grant, Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano, and Experts League defending champ Adam Rank will be joining us shortly. Remember, you can join the conversation. Tweet us using the hashtag NFL Fantasy or send your questions to our show's Twitter handle at NFL Fantasy. Guys, I took the bullet last night. I'm going against Molly Karam. Who had oh, Peyton that Manning? Was bad. Sorry about so you guys are okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. I got a stress-free Sunday coming up. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> you, I mean, she has nothing to worry about. I mean, she pretty much beat you. You know that, right? You, yeah. You've you've settled that, okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. And how about all the fantasy owners who midway through the game last night said, "You know, just want to make sure I'm not going against Peyton Manning." Let me just that double was, check yeah, yeah. and see if I did that. <laughs> that was your guy. Yeah. Oh, that was me for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of Peyton Manning, he had the very historical night a night ago. I'll get you caught up on exactly what happened during the action, in case you missed it. Ray Lewis might have been right. You know, the Niners controlled stuff during the Super Bowl. They controlled the weather tonight against the Ravens, trying to get some revenge. Joe Flacco and Peyton Manning going at it mile high. First quarter, Ravens had the first and goal. Joe Flacco fakes the handoff and passes to Vontae Leach. Who said fullbacks can't catch? The two-yard touchdown, Ravens up early, 7-0. Second quarter, Broncos looking to even it up. Peyton hits Demarius Thomas. No, it's Julius Thomas for the 24-yard touchdown. Dr. J. That ties things at seven apiece. Hey, props to Adam Rank. He had Julius Thomas listed in his sleepers column, although no one was brave enough to start him. 
Eight minutes left in the second. Ravens with first and goal. There's Ray Rice breaks outside. This is why I drafted you in the first round. Ravens lead 14-7. Next Broncos possession. Now it's time for Demarius. No, it's Julius Thomas again for the touchdown. Ball ties things at 14 apiece. <laughs> Third quarter, Broncos trailing by three. Manning looking for Andre Caldwell. Where is Eric Decker? 28-yard touchdown. Broncos lead it 21-17. One more headache. One more guy for Peyton Manning. I to think he has passing value now. Well, apparently Eric Decker has none after last night. <laughs> Ensuing Broncos possession, second and goal. Manning looking for Wes Welker. There's the ankle-breaking move in the end zone, 28-17 Broncos. The uniform may be different. He's not in New England anymore. Everything else looks the same. Yeah, some of it was Belichick's fault, right, that this went with? More uh, Welker in the uh, third. Here's Wes, Wes Welker again. Maybe you want to cover him at some point. Broncos up big, 35-17, early fourth quarter. Now Demarius Thomas gets in on things for the 26-yard touchdown. Only winners get wings. Bay, bay, bay. Bay, bay, bay. One minute later, Ravens fourth and one from their own 29. If you had the Broncos defense, you're going, yeah, go Danny Trevathan. This is going to be it. No, don't Deshaun Jackson it. No. no. This is a defensive player dream. And what no. would you do that? Hate Manning and Jack Del Rio not happy along with other fantasy owners. So, after a Ravens touchdown, Broncos answer. Here's Manning to Demarius Thomas. This is what Akbar looks like when the buffet comes out. Well, I'm you, if I'm that big and I can run that fast, that's impressive. 78 yards for the touchdown, 49-27 Broncos. Joe Flacco says, yeah, I know you did that, but I still have the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see you later on. And he gave him a big-time chat. Here's your fantasy points board. Peyton Manning, an historic night, nearly 47 fantasy points. We'll tell you where that ranks all time as far as single-handedly fantasy performances go. Coming up later on in the show, you had a big night from Demarius Thomas, big night from Julius Thomas, big night from Wes Welker. Andre Cole gets in on it, and I say again, Where's Eric Decker? Oh, boy. How many people are saying right now, I got to trade Eric Decker? Yeah, and get, and pick I, up Caldwell. Right now, I got to trade. Right now, Eric Decker. Look, I'll give you, I'll even throw in Eric Decker. Decker people right. are so, don't panic. It's only week one. But Stay Eric calm. Decker certainly could see his value plummet. We'll get to that why in a couple of seconds. But first, Peyton Manning was phenomenal last night. Not seven, we didn't think it would be seven touchdowns good, but there's a reason this guy was one of the top four, top five quarterbacks off the board, Akbar. You know, he has a lot of options. I mean, you really saw that. I mean, you saw now that he has Julius Thomas. He's got Eric Decker, like you said. He's got Demarius Thomas. I think that when you look at Peyton Manning and the offense that he has, he's got just vertical weapons at his disposal. And for a quarterback, that makes comfort. And these guys seem to be in timing because he want to make sure. How could I forget Wes Welker? How could I forget? <laughs> the newest member of the Denver Broncos. I mean, this guy, these guys are going to be elite all year long. In fact, I'm saying that you can pick any of the wide receivers uh, and put them on your fantasy team. All right, how about the tight end now? Because now we have a, a new guy in the mix and Julius Thomas. He's going to be a very popular pickup this week. And look, you're playing roulette at your tight end position anyway. If you don't have one of the stars, if you need a position, why not? Because you're going to change your tight end two or three times over the season anyway. So yeah, go pick up Julius Thomas this week. I know there's a fear that he might be the new Kevin Ogletree, we all remember him, had the big breakout game with the Cowboys. I think the difference is Peyton Manning likes to use the tight end. He's not going to be a superstar. We're not going to confuse him with Tony Gonzalez or Rob Gronkowski, but Julius Thomas, I think, will have some value all year long. All right, Demarius Thomas also got in on things late, but it doesn't matter. You get fantasy points whenever you get him. It was in the second half, but still 161 yards and two touchdowns. If you have questions about Wecker and Delker, the one thing we know is Demarius Thomas is still the guy that's going to catch the deep passes. He's still going to be the player he was a year ago. What I always like to say is garbage points still count in fantasy. It doesn't matter. Demarius Thomas put up the kind of numbers you expected out of a guy you drafted as your number one wide receiver. doesn't matter that they came late when the game was pretty much already decided. All you care about is that those points still go on the board. No, I I don't call that a garbage point. I call that domination point because he dominated. (laughs) 
<laughs> those guys here. Michael Huff and company just could not catch up with him. The big debate all preseason long was whose value is going to take it? Is it going to be Wes Welker? Is it going to be Eric Decker? We've talked all week long. Welker is the guy. Decker is the number three guy. Maybe it's not going to be to the extent it was on Thursday night, but still, if it's game one with Wes Welker, and this is what Manning does using him all game long. Remember, he missed him on a wide-open touchdown. It could have been a 70-yarder. You can expect that normal production out of Wes Welker for this season. Yeah, you're going to always expect that because Wes Welker is going to be the guy sitting in the middle. They're going to get a lot of pressure off the field. Peyton Manning is always going to be looking for Wes Welker. All right, and Eric Decker, maybe he's a flex, maybe not for you. got to keep an eye on that. But let's take a look at the Ravens' fantasy leaders. Joe Flacco threw the ball 167 times last night. Still couldn't crack the 20-point value for fantasy. Ray Rice just over 13. Marlon Brown over 12 points. Torrey Smith, 92 yards receiving, but didn't get in the end zone. Dallas Clark gave you an okay night for a tight end. Anytime you get more than six points for a tight end, that's a pretty good night. Now, as far as Joe Flacco goes, not quite 20 points. Uh, people are going to look at Flacco and say, threw for over 350 yards, had a couple of touchdowns. Is Joe Flacco suddenly worthy of starting now, seeing how he started off this season, where he left off last year? I don't think so. I mean, I think he's a guy who had the great postseason last year, and I think a lot of people may read too much into that. He's a guy who, when it comes to fantasy perspective, just doesn't really give you a whole lot of production. I mean, he threw the ball 62 times. As you mentioned, didn't crack the 20-point barrier. I think you're going to get a lot of that with Joe Flacco. You can't get too excited about what you saw from him in the playoffs last year. He's just a mediocre fantasy quarterback. And you know what we could see this year? He used to be, hey, 20 points is a great day for a quarterback. It could be 20 points as a mediocre day. You know, we got 12, 13 great signal callers out there. Suddenly, 20. Oh, I could do better than 20 points. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a quarterback that you're going to put on your bench, but I'm not starting him. He's not. He's a guy that I'm going to look to spot start. Uh, but I do like Joe Flacco because he has a good arm. He's got good receivers to throw to. How about Torrey Smith? Even though it wasn't a great night for him, still gave you nearly 100 yards. He did give you nearly 100 yards, but I, from what I saw from him for most of the night, didn't reassure me in his ability to be a number one receiver. He's a big play guy. He's a guy who can stretch the field, but when you're talking about a number one receiver you want that guy who can run all the routes who can make catches in every situation and I'm just not sure that he's that guy right now you know I'm gonna chop it up to it being the first week of the season but I I believe in Torrey Smith I think Torrey Smith can be uh productive yeah he's a good number two fantasy wide receiver right now and Ray Rice last night it didn't have a great night but still nearly gave you 15 fantasy points yeah you know I, I was very surprised at the play calling there by Jim Caldwell not to give Ray Rice the ball more out of the backfield, allow him to run and keep that. You know, I saw the safeties being able to cheat up, but I think Ray Rice is such a dominant runner that you've got to give him the ball more than 12 times. Yes, you threw it to him eight times, but Ray Rice is a big-time runner. you got to give him the ball. Now, Akbar, how much of this is we see this in the NFL a lot because you see one team throwing the football down the field, that panic ensues, and we can't run the football. We have to throw it to get back in this game, hence the 60 passes by Flacco. Well, let me say this. I think when you look at the way the defense are playing against Joe Flacco, he's going to be able to throw the ball. He's going to be able to get his guys deep. And that also helps with Ray Rice and his ability to run because those safeties are cheating back. So you've got to be able to give the ball to Ray Rice so he can run and keep defenses honest. All right, so there's your Thursday Night Football recap again. Congratulations, Molly. Time now. Let's send it over to Michael Fabiano and Adam Reich. We're standing by with the latest fantasy headlines for Friday from around the league. That's right, Jason. As we take a look at Friday's fantasy headlines, Ahmad Bradshaw's return to practice this week. He is expected to play in week one against the Oakland Raiders. E.J. Manuel expected to start week one against New England Patriots. That means the Jeff Tool era will have to wait for at least. I pity the tool. <laughs> My oh producer, the producer made me say that. Santonio Holmes expected to play in week one, but that'll be up to the doctors and trainers. We'll find out more about that later. But, Mike, let's go back to Ahmad Bradshaw. Not a lot of 
RB1s available in most leagues. Can you trust this guy? I like the matchup, Adam, against the Raiders. They've traditionally been really bad against the run. And you probably drafted Bradshaw to be your three, and I think that's his limit this week. He's a flex starter and no more. Really like him as a flex option there. But Santonio Holmes, now let's go to the receivers. I say there's probably a lot of other options you could go with. Somebody like Kimbrell Tompkins or pretty much anybody. What do you say? What team does he play for? The Jets. I'm avoiding any Jet not named Chris Ivory, and even he has me a little bit worried at this point. Santonio Holmes is not someone that you want to run out and pick up. You know what? See what he does this weekend. Overall, Santonio Holmes' best fantasy value is in the rearview mirror. All right. Let's take a look now at some of the latest fantasy injury reports for a Friday. I'm sure it's coming up. I'm expecting some big injury news. We'll be talking about, you know, there's always a lot of guys that you, you see. It's Friday's very nervous time for fantasy owners <laughs> because you look, you see guys like Victor Cruz, heel injury, but he's probable. He's probably going to play against the Dallas Cowboys. JPP, though, you see their back injury. He's questionable. Mm-hmm. That could be good for the Cowboys offense because that could give Tony Romo a little bit of time to throw no back there. about that. And you know the Cowboys have a questionable offensive line, so anything helps. Anything helps. Now, one guy who is not on this list, and it's kind of a surprise, where's Danny Amendola? Because we heard earlier this week he was fighting a groin injury, but yep. it seems like he's going to be able to play. It does seem like he's going to play. Obviously, go to NFL.com and check the inactives report on Sunday. But I'd be shocked if he doesn't play, and I'd be shocked if he didn't put up a very good performance, maybe to make up for the fact that Wes Welker had that big game on Thursday night. Amendola wants to show, hey, you know what? You're not missing anything without Welker in this pass attack. It seems like it's going to be a little bit personal between those guys. Tom Brady and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning going back and forth year in, year out. I like him. Yep. Roddy White, he's on the injury list, too. He's got an ankle injury. He's questionable. Are you concerned? I'm not. You know, he missed a lot of the preseason, but he's a veteran. He doesn't need that time to practice in training camp. Roddy White against the Saints, Adam. This could be one of those games where it's 35-30. You're starting your Atlanta Falcons. You're starting your New Orleans Saints, and that includes Mr. White. It seems like this Falcons and Saints game can be a kind of game scoring-wise that could put that Broncos and Ravens game to shame because these guys are going to be scoring a lot of points, and I like all of that. And I say say start them all. Start them all. Now when NFL Fantasy Live returns... Some electric week one games are on the schedule for Sunday, but only one can be our fantasy matchup of the week. Find out which game it is next. San Francisco for the NFC Divisional Playoffs as the Green Bay Packers take on the San Francisco 49ers. Kaepernick runs in for the touchdown. Rodgers gets it, throws a pass right down the middle, caught in stride, touchdown. Kaepernick just broke the back of the Green Bay defense. The 49th with a victory over the Green Bay Packers. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Let's take a look at the week one Sunday lineup here. Some of the early games. Patriots and the Bills kick things off at 1 o'clock. Again, for the Bills, unless the guy's name begins with an S and lands with Pillar. You're not really playing any Buffalo Bills, Chiefs, and Jaguars. Get a good look at that Jaguars offense, see if they can retool themselves a little bit for an MJD back into a fantasy superstar. Here's your late games. Yes, you're not playing any New York Jets. Not one, not at all, not ever, at least not this week. Eagles, Redskins, Texans, Chargers are the Monday night games. Remember, a doubleheader on Monday night with those two games. So, which one of those games is our fantasy game of the week. Only one can be the matchup. And, of course, as you probably guessed by now, it is the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers, a rematch of 2012's divisional playoff matchup between the Niners and the Packers. Let's start things off with the road team, Akbar. Aaron Rodgers, clear number one fantasy quarterback, but against that vaunted 49ers defense, are you nervous at all? 
You know what? I'm not nervous. I like Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to do more of the same thing. He's got Jordy Nelson. He's got Randall Cobb. They're healthy. And then, of course, James Jones. I think James Jones is going to be big for him. But more importantly, they have a run game now that they can support their passing game. And Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there, and I predict he's probably going to go out there and have about 20 points. Now, if there's one area of concern I do have for Aaron Rodgers, that is his left tackle. He's got David Bakhtiari now protecting him on that backside. That means he's got to go up against Alden Smith. I don't know that I'm going to bet on that to be in the favor for the Green Bay Packers. So I'm concerned in that area, but I think Aaron Rodgers, probably because of that, will throw two interceptions, but he's still going to go out and have a big game. That's still 20 fantasy points. It's still a huge night. Now, you mentioned Eddie Lacy, Marcus. You hiding him for this one? Not this week. Normally, I think Eddie Lacy is going to be a good play. I think he's a guy who has a good future ahead of him, especially from a fantasy perspective. I know the Packers are leaning on him a lot, but look, you know how your mom told you to be nice to guests? The Niners defense didn't get that memo. No <laughs> home training for the Niners defense. And so you might have drafted Eddie Lacy as your number three, possibly your number two running back. In that case, you probably got to play him this week, but expect lower numbers from Eddie Lacy. I just don't like this matchup for him. If I had a dollar for every time this week we said we like Eddie Lacy, but not this week, I'd have like $20. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about Jordy Nelson, Rick? What do you think? I am not starting Jordy Nelson. As tough as the 49ers are against visiting running backs, they're also just as tough against visiting receivers. The 49ers allowed the third fewest points to visiting receivers last season. So when it comes to a guy like Jordy Nelson, I'm going to leave him on the bench. He's got to still prove himself a little bit. Randall Cobb is a guy that I would put in the lineup. Jordy Nelson, you got to show me a little bit more. You had one great season. Now you're playing the 49ers. You're sitting on the bench. How about James Jones? Are you like James Jones? You like James Jones this week at all? The 49ers don't give up a lot of receiving touchdowns. They've given up a receiving touchdown or less in 10 of their last 13 home games. That's all James Jones does. So you're banking on him getting a touchdown, which I don't think he's going to get. Well, you know, I disagree. I actually think that James Jones will get a touchdown. When I look at the 49ers defense, I look at the defensive line, they're solid. I look at the linebacker, they're solid. The weakness is in that secondary group. Of course, they lost uh, Golston. So I really do believe that if there's going to be a weakness, they've got Eric Reed there as a safety who's a rookie, and he's going up against James Jones. You can bet there's going to be a mental error there. So James Jones will get at least a touchdown for you. All right, 49er side of things. We start with the quarterback, Colin Kaepernick, who was everybody's darling last year. I didn't think I'd be this nervous for Colin Kaepernick, but after going through an offseason, no Michael Crabtree, who became his security blanket. Teams have had a lot of time to look and see what he does well to try to shut him down. He wasn't drafted with a very high pedigree. He makes me almost like Russell Wilson. I feel a little bit nervous about Colin Kaepernick, but right here on the other side of this. Jason, let me leave your fears for you. He was drafted at a high pedigree. He's a second-round draft pick, which means the 49ers were counting on him to be a big-time quarterback for them. And also, these guys can watch tape of him all they want. They'll watch tape and be like, dude, we don't have anybody as fast as this guy. He's amazing. He's, he's even faster this year. He's been working out with Olympian sprinters. Oh, boy. The big wow. thing about Colin Kaepernick, especially in leagues where you get four points for touchdown passes, the thing that separates him from other quarterbacks is that rushing ability. And he will be able to run against the Packers. He did it last year. I mean, the Packers probably watched a lot of tape and was like, yep, Clay Matthews isn't close. <laughs> you, can, you can try to hit him, but you got to catch him first. The Packers proved they couldn't do it. And I like your point about the second-round pick because that makes me think Geno Smith will be very good on Sunday. Good Let's get to Frank Gore. What do you think about him this week? Well, you know, I think Frank Gore is going to have a successful game, and here's why. Because when you look at the way the Green Bay Packers have been game-planning for this game, they've marked this for a long time. You know, Dom Caper said that they're going to take away that read option for from Colin Kaepernick. They are so afraid of Colin Kaepernick that Frank Gore is going to have a big 
game against this Green Bay Packers. In fact, I'm going to say he's going to already have two touchdowns and over 100 yards against the Green Bay Packers. Wow. All right, how about Anquan Bolden? They brought him in to hopefully compliment Michael Crabtree. Now he's the guy. You know, we talk so much about guys who are really good players on the field, but not necessarily in fantasy. We talk about it a lot with quarterbacks. Anquan Bolden is that guy from a receiver standpoint. He's a guy who can move the chains. He's a guy that you really want on that field if you're Colin Kaepernick or the 49ers. He's not a guy you really want in fantasy. He hasn't really been a fantasy contributor, at least on a big level, for a while now. Certainly not after he left Arizona and went to the Baltimore Ravens. I don't expect it to happen here. I think Vernon Davis really becomes the play. He's the top target in that offense right now. Anquan Bolden's a guy you kind of have to be wary of. Yeah, at the best, he's been pedestrian as far as fantasy goes. Now, here's our fantasy projections powered by EA Madden. Madden, not as high on Aaron Rodgers as Akbar is. They project Eddie Lacy to have 13 points. If you get 13 points out of Eddie Lacy against the Niners defense, hey, that's, that's phenomenal. Big. That's big. <laughs> 22 for Colin Kaepernick, 17 for Frank Gore. The Five Niners defense, Randall. 15 fantasy points. I'm thinking to pick six for one of those guys. Yeah, oh, a- absolutely. It's going to be, and that's probably going to be Namdi Asimov. How about that? Wow, Jordy really? Nelson, 28 yeah. yard touchdown reception. And that's all? 28, that's that's he's gonna 28 have? yard touchdown reception. <laughs> all right, Packers and 49ers may have been our fantasy matchup of the week, but there's no shortage of big games going on this weekend. Go to NFL.com slash pick'em to see the full lineup and join our weekly pick'em fantasy game. Select winners for every game on Sunday and accumulate fantasy points for each correct pick. Sign up today at NFL.com slash pick'em. Now, speaking of those weekly pick'ems, our fantasy experts are now going to go down the line and select four of the more intriguing matchups, pick the winners, and also give you the key fantasy contributor to keep an eye on from each game. Akbar, we'll start with you. Big NFC South battle between the Falcons and the Saints. Give me the score and give me the fantasy guy you're keeping an eye on. Well, I've got the Atlanta Falcons winning this one 35-21, and the matchup I'm watching for is Roddy White. I mean, I now know Roddy White is questionable, but if he's in the game, I'm telling you, Roddy White is going to explode in this game. And here's why. Rob Wine's defense, who I was a part of with the Oakland Raiders, I know he's going to be focused on taking the big play away from who? Julio Jones. They're going to try to get up there and try to stop Steven Jackson from getting off. He's probably going to bank on the fact that Roddy White is going to be the other receiver. I think that's going to be a big mistake, and Roddy White is going to catch up, and he's going to be big in this game. All right, Marcus, Arizona and St. Louis, two of the more underrated fantasy defenses in the NFL. What's, what's, who's going to win and who stands out? I like the Rams in this one, a close kind of low-scoring affair. I think St. Louis pulls out a 17-13 win this one. But the guy I'm really keeping an eye on is Tavon Austin. This is a guy that a lot of people were big on coming into the preseason. There was a lot of talk about what he can do. He can do so many things with a football in his hands. But the problem is we don't know exactly what he's going to do with the football in his hands, mostly because the Rams haven't figured out how they want to use him. The one thing that worries me is that St. Louis has said they want to spread the ball around. Chris Gibbons is going to see a lot of targets. He was the leading target. He's the, the guy with the most targets coming back from last year's team. So you don't know how that's going to affect Tavon Austin. But keep an eye on him this week because we'll get a better idea of what he can do with the football, where he's going to line up. We know he's a guy who can return punts, who can return kicks. But in terms of fantasy, there's just too many unknowns right now. Yes, Tavon Austin, one of those free agents that you want to keep an eye on after this week, may wind up going after. Yeah, absolutely. And I know there's another game uh, coming up later this week uh, on Sunday that that, that you really like. Yeah, Cowboys and the Giants. Look, if if you're in any uh, dire straits for a quarterback-wise, 
Go with the Cowboys and pick up Tony Romo. I like the Cowboys to win this game 31-17. More importantly, Tony Romo is someone who has diced the Giants up in the last couple of years. Take a look at what he's averaging against New York Giants since 2011. Over 338 passing yards a game, nearly 22 (laughs) fantasy points, 11 total touchdowns. I'll deal with the seven turnovers, all right? Yeah, give give me the minus, okay, I'll take the turnovers if he's going to throw for nearly 340. But if you have a question at quarterback, because Romo was either drafted for you as a late number one or a high number two, this is the week to play him because you want to play the matchups when it comes to quarterbacks, especially when Romo, who has shown this in the past, what he does to the Giants. I like Tony Romo a lot this week. You should. And I got him in our experts league. I'm going to start him. I'm really excited about what he can do. He, a lot of times people look at Tony Romo and they cannot separate fantasy from reality. They make jokes. He doesn't win in the playoffs. You know where he wins? The fantasy playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so the end of his career, he'll hold up fantasy titles. Look at all these you know fantasy what? titles I won for people. I'm a winner. Him and I can hang out, and I'll toast him. He'll and, be in the uh, Fantasy Hall of Fame. Sure. Right back. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Eagles and Redskins. That's the Monday night game, 7-10 Eastern time with Sean McCoy, a player to keep an eye on. And earlier this week, he caught up with our own Randy Moss to talk about this matchup. At Oregon, Chip Kelly had a run first Offense. A lot of people in Philadelphia have been clamoring. We're more shady, more shady. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. Um, I'm definitely excited. You know, the last couple of years we haven't ran the ball. I think enough. I think this year Coach Kelly's going to bring that uh, that balanced attack. You know, and, and them third and one, third and twos. You know, I think we're going to run first. And and only myself. I mean, we got tons of backs that can go in there and get it done. So I think having that just that different effect of running the ball, keeping the team off balance. Um, I think it'll, it'll matter, kind of that fourth quarter when you, when you need a lead, you need a win. You know, the fantasy guys are really excited about you in this offense. I hope they pick me up. <laughs> pick me up? You're a first-round pick in every league. He was, my, he, was a, he was number two on my draft board. Well, how about the shot that he took at Andy Reid? We didn't run it up. Not so All right, Rank, so how do you see this and, and, and more on LaShawn McCoy? I love LaShawn McCoy. You should pick him up. You should do whatever you do with him. He should be in your fantasy lineup. <laughs> you, you heard what he said about running the ball. If you go back to Chip Kelly at Oregon, he ran the ball 65% of the time. They think of Oregon as this wide open, throwing the ball all over the field offense. It really was a run-based offense, and LaShawn McCoy is going to be the benefactor. I look back at his 2011 numbers when he had 20 touchdowns, when he had all sorts of touches. He's going to get that because they're going to play that up-tempo. They want to speed the game up. They want to get more people involved. And not only is LaShawn McCoy a great start, Bryce Brown is going to emerge as a flex option for you this season. All right, there you go. Big stuff from Adam Rank. And take a look. He picks up 45-42 Eagles win. A recap on our projections here as well. Marcus, you have Fantasy people aren't happy with you. Now, 17, they want to see you say, they want to see 48-47. Look, there are plenty of big high-scoring games this week. New Orleans, Atlanta, one of them. You know, we can we can deal with a low-scoring affair. All right. Now, if we didn't convince you enough with our choices or you need help making your fantasy weekly pick'em selections, check out Elliot Harrison's weekly pick'em column. Every Thursday, Elliot goes through each game telling you who will win and why. It's NFL.com slash Elliot Harrison to check out his picks for week one. Coming up next on NFL Fantasy Live, is it okay to own the same player in different fantasy leagues? Our experts will tell you the best way to handle double, triple, quadruple, and fourple dipping when we return. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. And maybe you do one or two fantasy leagues, or maybe you're like us and you do seven or eight. 
To tell you the depth of how far we go, I'm pretty sure Michael Fabiano does a 16-team PPR backup <laughs> fullback only league, and I think he's got Vontae Leach. But one thing you can learn from us is that we have our favorites, players we try to draft in as many leagues as we can because we believe in their success for the coming season. So right now, we're going to talk about which players we have in the most leagues, guys we are all in on, which will tell you who we really, really expect and hope to see big things from in 2013. So, Rank, how many leagues are you in? 87. 87. Oh, and a yeah. lot of them are in the United States. <laughs> yes, most of them. There's a few in Denmark. I got one in Australia. And the UK. T- Tuesday morning football in the UK, but yes. All right. How many leagues do you have Steven Jackson in? Pretty much all of them. And I didn't mean to do it, but I drafted Steven Jackson because he's going to come out. He's going to have a huge year for the Atlanta Falcons. One of the things that differentiates him from Michael Turner is that Steven Jackson is a valuable weapon out of the backfield as a receiver. So he's going to be able to have that dual threat. He's going to get double-digit touchdowns, which he wasn't doing in St. Louis. I look for him to have 13 touchdowns. You got him in the second round. He's going to be very big for you. All right, Marcus, how many leagues are you in? I am in six leagues. And how many do you have Brandon Marshall I've got Brandon Marshall in four of those leagues. I mean, this is a guy, like, I've been on this whole Mark Trustman as mad scientist thing. I know that Brandon Marshall said last season his hip wasn't 100%. And what did he do? Just put up career numbers. No big deal. This year he says his hip is even better. So a good hip plus a mad scientist coach who likes to throw the football all over the lot. I love Brandon Marshall this year. I'm expecting really big things out of the guy. Now you, I know you have another wide receiver that you're looking at. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in seven leagues. I have Antonio Brown in five of them. He's inheriting the number one job fully away from Mike Wallace, who's in Miami now. Look at their stats over the last couple of years. Antonio Brown, Mike Wallace, very interchangeable. He's clearly Ben Roethlisberger's guy. He had a very good preseason. And when you look at Mike Wallace and the 119 targets he had last year, they have to go somewhere. They're not going to go all the, They're not going to go to Emmanuel Sanders. They're not going to go to Heath Miller when he returns. Antonio Brown should crack the 100 reception barrier. He'll be a very strong number two. He'll give you wide receiver number one production by the time you get to the midway point of the season. Now, Akbar, how many leagues are you in? I'm in four. And you know what? I'm going after Michael Vick all the time because I love Michael Vick and believe in him in this Chip Kelly's offense. When you look at the principle of the Chip Kelly's offense, it's all about spreading out the team and then going with the high tempo. Well, that thins out the defense, and that's why running is so successful. You know, Adam, you talked about 65% of the time at Oregon, Chip Kelly was running the offense. Well, guess what? Michael Vick is a running quarterback, and we've known that to be true. Yes, he's got an arm like you can see here throwing it to Deshaun Jackson, but he's a legitimate run threat, and that's why I love him to be successful in this offense because everybody's going to be spread out, and that middle's going to be wide open for him to lick you up. Right. He's going to lick you up? <laughs> really? Yeah, well, we you gonna, know. The, the wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, you probably drafted Michael Vick as a backup quarterback, which is fine. There's another backup getting some heat the last couple of days. Warren Sapp, our resident Hall of Famer, thinks there's big things in store for Miami's QB this season. Brian Tannehill was drafted by the Miami Dolphins to replace Dan Marino. And what did he do in his rookie season? Broke, a Broke Dan Marino's rookie passing record. The second year won't be a sophomore slump for Mr. Ryan Tannehill. He will break Dan Marino's wow. record of 5,084 yards. That's right. You remember the old record. He's going to break it. All right, so Tannehill, someone. I have him in one of my leagues as a backup quarterback. Are you on Tannehill that he could be one of those blossoming number twos? I don't like his offensive line, so I'm not really up on Ryan Tannehill. I will say Brandon Weeden outscores this guy this year. He'll lick it up. Yes. So, yeah, look things up. He's gonna be. He's gonna be. He's gonna animalize. Oh. 
Tannehill. Very nice. I'm not buying it. You're not buying it? I'm not buying it. You know, I played with Sap. I love Sap, but I, I just I can't follow him on this one. I mean, he's a guy that I'm just going to sit there and, and let him just sit out there. I'm not touching Tannehill. All right, Ted, they could throw it 700 times like Stafford did last year in Detroit. Yeah, let me think about this. Uh, no. It's, it's, it's just not going to happen. He it's will not. not lick it up. No. All right, very good. That should be a new segment. He's going to destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Still to come on NFL Fantasy Live. Adam Rank takes you through his likes, dislikes for week one. Where will Ryan Matthews and Kiss Alive fall on his list? But coming up next, we're taking a look at a handful of fantasy stars that could either break good or break bad for your squads on Sunday. And here come the Broncos. Manning off the plaything throws and over the middle it is Thomas. Caught and spinning away from the touchdown. Wes Welker, Marius Thomas, look at this. Seven touchdown passes. He's the man of the hour. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Quick recap of Thursday Night Football in case you missed it. The game was delayed 33 minutes. The Ravens should have had it delayed even longer if they could. Peyton Manning, here he is. Broncos trailing by seven. Hits Julius Thomas for the first of two touchdowns for him on the night. Ties the game at seven. Third quarter, Broncos up four. Wes Welker scores the first of two touchdowns for him on the night. Broncos lead at 28-17. Fourth quarter, Broncos up by 15. Demarius Thomas, and there he goes. 78-yard touchdowns, Manning's record-tying seventh touchdown pass of the night. Molly Karam doing backflips in our expert league. Me, not so much, because that's who I went against. Joe Flacco says, man, I didn't do that, Peyton. That's seven touchdowns. Here's the fantasy points of the night. Peyton Manning, nearly 47 fantasy points. Demarius Thomas, 28. Julius Thomas, 23. And Fabs, Julius Thomas, if you didn't watch the game, you heard early, hey, Thomas has two touchdowns. Oh, Demarius Thomas. No, no, no. It's Julius Thomas with two touchdowns. What kind of value does he have? Yeah, you know, we said earlier in the week that he has some upside, but we wanted to see what happens. Well, we saw what happened. He had a big game. And because the tight end position is really questionable this season, he is going to be one of the biggest pickups in the waiver wire next week, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's just tough to project two touchdowns a week right, for Julius right. Thomas, but he is still a hot guy you can go after if you have that need at tight end. Now, we thought we were going to do the Breaking Bad segment once, but after we did it last week, the lady from Madrigal called and said, no, no, you can't stop now. We need more. <laughs> so, back by popular demand on Twitter, Google, and our NFL offices, Jesse Fabiano and I will tell you which players we think will break good for week one and which will break bad. And by bad, I mean I'm going to get Todd's uncle after you bad. So, here we go. First up, Fab's breaking good or bad this week, Russell Wilson. I'm going to say he's breaking good. I like the matchup against the Carolina Panthers. Russell Wilson is not going to be ranked among the elite quarterbacks in fantasy football, but he's certainly one of the top ten. This is one of those games where, hey, you know what? They're going to be able to utilize the run with Russell Wilson. The Panthers have long been a team that struggles to stop the run. Russell Wilson is a top ten quarterback, in my opinion. All right, if you've come this far on Isaac Redmond, What's one more? What's one more week for Isaac Redman? This may be the only week you play him with Le'Veon Bell scheduled to come back soon, but the Titans' defense is porous against the run. Redman's got the number one job. It's going to be too early for Felix Jones to try to come in and take carries away. Redman's going to catch passes out of the backfield. He had 100 yards receiving his last game against the Titans. This is a breaking good week for Isaac Redman. Now, how about Gio Bernard? How does he break this week? He's breaking bad, and I'm going to keep people from my really bad Jesse Pinkman impersonation, but th- this is not Why a good not, matchup. Yo? I'm not going to do it, yo. Oh, and I just did. The Bears are very tough against the run, especially on their home field last year. They allowed an average of under 12 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. I like Gio Bernard long-term this week. He's breaking bad. 
D'Angelo Williams playing him this week is like pouring gasoline on the carpet in your house and not being able to clean it up. D'Angelo Williams, 22 red zone carries in 2012, 25th most in the NFL. He's going to get more red zone carries this week, but he has a very bad matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. This is not a team that suddenly is going to give him the ball 25 times a game either. He'll still get his 12 to 15 carries a game, but that's not going to break for enough productivity for me to play him this week. I like D'Angelo more, but not this week. You said about a lot of guys this week, Fabs. I like him, yeah. but just not this week. Exactly. So here's our list of guys breaking bad. Giovanni Bernard, D'Angelo Williams, Mike Wallace also on Hayden Island. Neither Fabs or I like him this week. Breaking good. We got Wilson Redmond. We got Kimbrell Tompkins on this list. Yeah, Kimbrell Tompkins is a sneaky sleeper this week. The Patriots have had 16 receiving touchdowns in their last five games in Buffalo. Jason, do the math. That's a lot. If he wins, he'll move in with Hank and Marie. They'll that say, come is on a in. lot. Come live with us right here. <laughs> Big game for Ken Bell. He's an itch you kind of have to scratch. There you go. Have fantasy questions about whether one of your players will break good or break bad in week one? Check out NFL.com's Fantasy Genius, a new collaborative way to get your fantasy questions seen and answered by millions. Ask a question or offer advice to others. Maybe you'll emerge as a fantasy expert in the process. Go to NFL.com slash Fantasy Genius today and find out what everyone is talking about. When NFL Fantasy Live returns, Adam Reich shares his likes and dislikes for week one, and our experts explore the depth charts for the critical week one spot starters that could make all the difference for your squad. The NFL Fantasy Live rolls on. Hey, everybody. Adam Rank here. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Now, every Friday, I publish my likes and dislikes on a variety of topics from fantasy football to Ben Affleck movies. And for the record, he was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. You can check that out at NFL.com slash Adam Rank. But here is a sneak peek. And let's hit the ground running with my first like of the week. And that's RG3. And did you notice what I did there? I said running because that's what RG3 is going to do. He said this week he's not going to play scared, so when he gets the opportunity, he's going to tuck the ball and run it. Don't be afraid of him because he certainly isn't going to be afraid of the opportunity and also because the Eagles gave up the third most points to fantasy quarterbacks last year. And seriously, it's RG3, stardom. A quarterback I dislike this week is Eli Manning. Sure, he's torched the Dallas Cowboys during his career. He's owned the team in the new house that Jerry built. Never, he's never lost there in six tries. But he's thrown for at least 12 touchdowns and eight interceptions in its last six games against the Cowboys, which is nice. But I'm expecting a little bit more from my QB1. Now, you can guarantee me he was going to run up the score like his brother did on Thursday night. I would consider it. But right now, he's on my bench. Up next is Shane Vereen, who I absolutely like against the Bills. Buffalo allowed the third most points to fantasy running backs last year, and the Patriots have scored 16 rushing touchdowns in 11 games in Buffalo. But it's Vereen's versatility as a receiver that really intrigues me. I say him and Tom Brady hook up for a touchdown this week. I don't like Ryan Matthews' matchup against the Texans, so I'll be leaving him on my bench. He'll be a nice flex option at some point during the season, just not against the Texans, who allowed the fewest points to running backs last year. Plus, Matthews top 10 fantasy points just once last year and scored only one touchdown. I expect those numbers to improve, but again, not against the Texans. And finally, Deshaun Jackson gets a big, fat thumbs up for me for this week. He's my 10th ranked receiver for week one, and he's crushed the Redskins in the past, and he's going to continue that this week. Plus, Chip Kelly, people, the Eagles and Redskins will be in a wild shootout. I like everybody there. Start them all. All right, now let's look. At some more names to keep an eye on this week, as you can see, RG3, Shane Vereen, Deshaun Jackson. The Bucks D, very nice play there going up against the Jets. 
Jets means turnovers, so I like them. Eli Manning, Ryan Matthews, Kenbrell Tompkins. Going up the Patriots, it's going to be a tough one. I understand because they're going to want to throw the ball a ton, and you saw Chris Ivory. We thought he was going to come out and take the number one job in New York. Hasn't done it, so I'm leaving him on the bench. With that, I'm going to send it over to Jason Smith and the fellas for their fantasy spot starts for week one. All right, thanks a lot, Mr. Reich. We'll talk to you again in a second. Now, these may be some guys you're never going to start again, which is why we call them spot starts of the week. So, Akbar, who's your guy? Who are you starting this week? May never start him again, but this week you are. I'm going to have to go with Darius Hayward Bay. I know back in 2009 when he was the seventh pick overall, it was very hard for people to kind of give, I mean, give him that opportunity. He just failed you. But I think in this opportunity, I think Pep Hamilton, the guys are going to rally around him saying, you're going up against your former teammate. I've seen it happen in the locker room. I know that they they do this kind of stuff. They're going to target Darius Hayward Bay just to kind of get show him off a little bit to the Raiders. Look what we got from you. Darius Hayward Bay is going to succeed in this offense, not to mention he's got Andrew Luck throwing him the ball now. All right, there you go. DHB from the Raiders. We're yep. going to hear from the Raiders and Colts again in a second. But now, Mr. Rank, what about you? Give me your big spot start of the week for this week. I'm going to go with Sidney Rice. He's a great spot starter if you're in the need for a receiver. If you look back at the numbers last year, Sidney Rice was the leading receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. He was targeted 82 times by Russell Wilson. And if you want the straight dope here, you want to really know why, Sidney Rice should be in your lineup. He said that I was rocking an awesome tie earlier this week when I interviewed him. Which, you know what? In fantasy football, that's all I need. I just need little little reassurances like that, and then you end up in my lineup. So Sidney Rice will be my spot start of the week, and I feel pretty good about it, actually. Almost as good as I feel about this tie, which I'm sure he would love again. Now, if you saw my board just a second, I don't know where you would have been and missed that. I had the Buccaneers as a, as a team, as a defense that I like. But if somebody savvy went out and picked up the Bucks already, Jason, who's a defense you might spot start? Uh, I would go with the Indianapolis Colts as we stick with the Colts and the Raiders theme that we have going on right here. Because the Indianapolis Colts remade their defense in the offseason. They were very opportunistic at times last year. The Raiders continue to turn the ball over early in the preseason. Terrell Pryor starting. It's going to be a whole new thing for him with a whole new offense. This is a Colts defense that can give you 15 fantasy points this week. Whether it's a pick six, there's going to be a lot of turnovers, and you can go get them because they're owned in less than 4% of fantasy leagues. I got Tampa Bay as my number one defense. Indianapolis also my top five for this week. Again, you may not play him again, but this week you probably will do it. All right, Marcus, what about you? Who's your big spot start I am going with Benjamin Tate. Ben Tate is a guy that you can really count on. You can count on him when Arian Foster is healthy and ready to go. But you're looking at a running back talking about Foster who didn't play at all in the preseason. He's having issues with his back. They're not quite sure what his workload is going to be. But you can imagine Aaron Foster's not going to go out and get 30 carries this week. So you got Ben Tate, who certainly has proven he can be a quality running back for the Houston Texans. Don't be surprised if Tate can get you double-digit scoring this week. He's going to carry a lot of the load. Did a great job in past years when Foster wasn't healthy. I think he's a guy you can really count on this week. And contract year for Ben Tate, looking to be the next Michael Turner. This is a big year for him. Take a look at what we're projecting now. Akbar has nearly 10 fantasy points for Darius Hayward Bay. Rank is near 12 for Sidney Rice. Ben Tate, double digits. You get double digits out of your flex. You're having a pretty good week. All right, so those are our fantasy spot starts for week one. When NFL Fantasy Live returns, who's going to put up more points on Sunday? And is week one too early to be making a trade? We answer your pressing questions when NFL Fantasy Live returns. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Peyton's Manning's seven-touchdown night on Thursday night. Got us thinking here at NFL Fantasy Live. Where does that rank in the annals 
of all-time fantasy performances. 27 emails later, back and forth, we've come up. These are the top five fantasy performances since 2000, and Peyton doesn't even crack the top five. Coming in at number five, Michael Vick from 2010, 49 fantasy points, 333 yards passing, 80 rushing, six touchdowns. I started him that night. He started with a huge bomb to Deshaun Jackson. Coming in at four, Mike Anderson, 2000, week 14, Broncos and the Saints, 251 yards rushing and four touchdowns, that was, 49 fantasy That was points. back in the day when there was a new running back in Denver every year under Shanahan. <laughs> play. Third overall, Doug Martin last year, 51 fantasy points when he went for 251 against the Raiders. Oh, boy, I'm glad I wasn't playing for the Raiders then. <laughs> I recommend it. <laughs> Number two, Sean Alexander, the legendary five first-half touchdown game against the Vikings for 52 fantasy points. Yeah, he was one of the best in the business from a fantasy perspective back in his day. And Clinton Porter is also one of the best. He is number one, 218, 36 receiving, five touchdowns for 54 fantasy points, week 14 against the Chiefs in 2003. Two Broncos. That's right. a lot of This, this is how Shanna Hannigan's began. Right. Remember that, man. Right. Yes. Anybody could run for yards <laughs> in that offense. All right, fantasy feedback time now. And here's one that comes to us from Twitter. At NFL Fantasy, my draft is tomorrow. How much weight do I put on the Broncos' offensive players' performances against the Ravens? I'll get those points if I draft them. So, do you draft Peyton number one overall? You'll win week one. No. I do it. No. I don't It's do like that. you have a starter in baseball and you want to get the win. Worry about week two when you worry about week two. You win week one and you go on from there. Well, get Peyton Manning. It's a, it's a long season. Now, what, what's, what's, what's the rest of your roster going to look like? You I mean, have you're going to have Peyton a really Manning. bad roster. You're not going to have Eric Decker after week one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Andrew Luck or Matthew Stafford? This one comes in at NFL Fantasy. Who do you start this week? I like Andrew Luck against the Raiders. Great matchup. Stafford's got a great matchup, too. Luck is the player to play. I'm with Luck, yeah. Yep, I'm all in. You know, when you look at these matchups, though, it, it's, it's, it's almost like, yeah, Luck is the play, but Stafford has a phenomenal matchup, too, over 340, or almost 340 yards passing his last nine home games. You know, we talked about this earlier, Fabs, in the show. Yep. Suddenly, 20 points might not be a great day for a fantasy yeah, quarterback I, anymore. I don't know. Can I tell people to sit any quarterbacks these days? Because even when they have bad games, they're scoring 20 points. And don't underestimate Andrew Luck's ability to run with the football. He He's can a run. star. He's yeah. a star. He's the next Very Aaron Rodgers. No, no. Yep. All right. Well, and Peyton Manning seven touchdowns. I don't know anybody's going to touch that. Who's your number two quarterback for this week? Total Breeze. Total Drew Breeze. Drew Breeze. Yes. Yes. Yep. He'll challenge that. Yep. Challenge him. He throws him, goes six. Him and Tom Brady. They're both going to look at that and say, all right, game's on. We'll, Race is on. We'll go. do it. As a Brady owner, I sure hope he's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you've been crowing enough about it. I got Tom Brady in the sixth round. I'm winning this fantasy. Uh, it was the league. seventh round, actually. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay, yeah, very yeah. good. All right. wow. Don't forget, get your right. questions in for next week. Hashtag at NFL Fantasy. Be sure to join us on Sunday's Fantasy Live starting at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on both NFL.com and NFL Red Zone channel. We'll have all the latest fantasy news, including actives and inactives, to get your fantasy roster set. We'll see you then. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.